Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast and we have a league win to talk about. I'm not sure exactly when the last time that was the case, but we're going to make the most of it and we're going to have a good old chat about Sunderland beating Oxford, who let's not forget are one of the fancy teams in this division. So joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker tonight, we have resident Wise Men's Here, Michael Luff. Hello. Hello. And we have Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Evening all. Evening. Let's crack straight on. Um... With talking about this, unless you want to do the, the whole small talk thing and tell us how you, your weekends uh, no, not really. were and stuff, or we're not bothering, we're not bothering yeah, with that? Who cares? I mean, we just feel like really. we've moved on. Well, it's, 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 it's good broadcasting away, Gareth, but uh, our listeners probably uh, don't want to hear it. Unless you like, got married <laughs> because or know something, too well. then, you know. Nobody's getting married at the moment. Exactly, so, unless you did something, or you had yeah. a baby, no. I mean, Stephen, well, you that's, might that's have. Happened. I mean, you... <laughs> I'm having a few months off from that. Um, there was just you know the, the, the dog was going off in the background when me and Gareth set up the meeting, <laughs> yeah. and I was concerned about that. He was the worst thing is I think he was just trolling us because I was looking at it's next door's dog, and I was looking outside, and I know my cats normally wind him up, but I was looking outside, and um, he was just barking at nothing. My cats even aren't in the garden. He was just in the middle of next door's garden, just barking, and I just thought he's just having my life here, but. I think he's been dragged in. So he'll rock up in the garden with a dishwasher or something like that and start like doing like some noisy cleaning or something like that. Well, it's 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 a nice day, isn't it? So I'm kind of half expecting somebody to get the lawnmower yeah. out or the chainsaw out. Uh, it is a nice day. Unexpected nice weather brings that out of people, yeah. doesn't it? I'll quickly get the lawnmower out. Strimmer, um, get the strimmer give, out. Give across. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not in Ryan, oh, but well. the minute, so we're not going to have any unwelcome interludes apart from my contributions on the podcast, so always good to know. I, I almost feel like we should just, everybody should uh, go somewhere where they know there's going to be background noise and we'll compare and see, and see which, was the, which is the best one, which one gets the most yeah. attention. I think the novelty will wear um, off now quite quickly if you listen to it. Oh, man. God, the listeners are right, Gareth. You're really boring. Put it down. Put the it listeners down are right. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have isn't it? I thought that was a general consensus. You had a boring yeah. voice or something, or you were boring. <laughs> Thanks very much. I am. I am, uh, well, I am mildly dull. I'll, I'll give you that, but, you but know, I wouldn't go as far good, as say I was you've boring. Got, you've got good football in inside, Gareth, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters in these things. Shall we do some? Did of you that, enjoy? Your, <laughs> did you enjoy your trip down to Oxford, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I think at half time, you were sort of questioning everything um, about 
life in League One I mean, in football. Well, I mean, <laughs> and I've seen that from both sides. That's not just a Sunderland perspective. You let's just... let's yeah let, let's let's get at that. Let's backtrack a bit <laughs> before because I, I I think it is significant at halftime. The reaction from Sunderland fans at halftime. But let's look at the team selection first of all. Um, what do people think about there as a dog off? I think that's too too down. It's diff- right, right. Let's carry on. Um, team selections firstly. Any opinions on that? Or were people surprised by that? I, Will Greg coming out of the team? I certainly think people were right to have reservations over the team, particularly when you look at kind of our our away record under Parkinson since he arrived. I mean, so we'd only actually scored six goals in eleven games in the league since he came in. So when you see the Grand Ledbetters in the centre of your midfield, that almost gives you an indication of how we're going to play. And it can look a little bit defensive, so I can completely understand why people had the doubts over the team selection. I was amongst them. And I also thought it was perhaps poor man management on Parkinson's behalf to bring Grigg out, considering he's actually been playing OK despite not scoring competitively yet this season. But I was equally as delighted to be proven wrong a full time when we came away with a really good three points. Well, I mean, you know, proven wrong, I'm not sure about the Grigg thing because there'd be an argument to see how we still would have won the game if he was playing. I, I agree on the Will Grigg thing, I think. And this this seems to be the same narrative over and over again, Phil. It's like, this guy needs a run of games if, if you're going to expect him to score. And I thought this was very much, you know, that, that decision to leave him out of the team just came across like a, a teenager playing championship manager. <laughs> It just He's not scoring, so I'm going to make a change. Um, and yeah. I know what Mickey said, and we'll, we'll get on to that. We won the game, but were you yeah. surprised? Or, or yeah, you well, I, I, I wasn't surprised in the sense that I've had the sense pretty much since Graham came in that Partinson's been very, very keen to get him in the side. You know, you just kind of pick up kind of an impression, don't you? And, and the one that I've very much had is that he wants Graham to lead the line. So I've kind of been expecting him to come in at some point. But I agree because it kind of felt like a little bit, um, stitch-ups may be a bit harsh, but it was kind of textbook. He had 60 minutes against Bristol Rovers where they didn't really create any chances for him. There wasn't really service. All right, we'll get him hooked and then we'll put him on the bench next week. Um, and I was I was disappointed because I kind of, coming into pre-season, I kind of, I didn't really see Greg playing any part. I just thought that ship had kind of sailed. And then in pre-season, they're starting to play it with strengths a little bit more. He's pressing really well, which is something we hadn't always seen from him in the past. And I kind of thought, actually, you know, maybe we've turned a bit of a corner, but that seems to have lasted about a week and a half. Um, which is a shame because I still think that could be the difference. You know, we looked at that Bristol Rovers game and you had 40 crosses into the box, 25 shots, which are pretty good numbers, but then Will Grigg hasn't had any of them. Um, so that's kind of an issue and I still think over the course of the season that's a concern. I think, still think it's a concern that the centre-forwards, no matter who it is, White, Graham or Grigg, just aren't really getting many opportunities. Um, yeah. But I, I have to say as well, though, I, th- I thought the lead bit of call was, was a good one. Um I don't think that role is is Scowens. I think Scowens, you know, he, he played well against Aston Villa. He was good in pre-season, but his strength is going box to box. I don't really see putting him in front of a back three. I'm not really sure about that. And I thought that bit was excellent. So, to be fair, I thought that call came off. I thought that was the right one. But yeah, I'm still, I do have my reservations about the striker. Um, I think that's still, I think there's still a question mark over that. And even if Graham did do fine and Sunderland won the game, that's excellent. I don't think that means that, you know, you can't. You can't have yeah. some some concerns going forward because it's no, a long yeah, season. No, yeah, because we, we, you know we need to be clear. And we, we're going to go on and we're going to really praise the performance now. So let's not get this confused for us being negative at all. And if the centre forwards had scored, I think it's a different argument. But I think it's fair just to acknowledge that in the case of Will Grigg, and because the strikers um, didn't score the goals, I think it's it's fair to bring that up. Uh, the lead bit of call. Um, 
look to be the right one as it turned out. People were 50-50 over that one, Gareth. I think generally that was the, the mood I was getting from the Sunderland fans, but he's 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 pulled performance out, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it was logical to me that Scarn should come in. <clears throat> I think everyone was expecting that, and I think that was surprising, and I think that generated a lot of the... Um, you know, frustration, um, and I think it again, sort of touching on what Mickey said. Really, I think it's fair to that people were annoyed a little bit. Or, I mean, I wasn't. I was thinking, well, it's a bit odd, but at the same time, we're two games into the season. I'm not gonna, you know, start tearing my hair out. You know, there might be method to it. So, um, and Ledbetter, <clears throat> I understand the reservations. I mean, the game when he was playing before. You know the game is just completely passing him by. Um, you know people just run past him. So I definitely thought Scarlett would come in, and if they lost the game, then those questions would have been, you know, ringing in his ears. But <clears throat> we didn't, so he can be justified in in his choice. Um, and he did play all right. Yeah, I mean, he did okay. Um, I don't think. There was any particularly outstanding performances from anybody in the side personally. Um, it was solid and functional. Um, Oxford were really poor, um, like surprisingly bad. Um, I know they had some problems, um, and that's not to discredit us because it was almost like once we got that goal, <coughs> scoring that ideal time right at the start of the half, <coughs> that was it then. It was just complete dominance um, and it was a professional I guess as the cliche goes display from them in the second half game management another cliche uh, for the last few years uh, get that one out as well because it certainly was fortunately Lee Burge didn't have anything to do um, for many reasons and yeah I th- we could have scored a couple of minutes into the game uh was that a foul? I can't remember which player oh, it was. When, uh, was it Maguire? Maguire was it Maguire who yeah. went and pinched the ball from the defender and got pulled up on a foul? I thought that was harsh. I thought that was harsh. And then we hit the bar a few minutes later. Yeah, we did, yeah. So we got off to a great start. And then I thought then this is going to be one of those those days. We, I think we all said in the group chat, didn't we? There's got 1-0 Oxford written all over this. Just Sunderland missing like a host of chances and then and then them going up and scoring. But I'll be honest, I've never gotten the, um, the hype about Oxford. Um, and I know the, the the two podcasts that represent the lower league football or football outside the Premier League. I know both of those hosts are Oxford fans, aren't they? And uh, another one from not the top twenty in particular um, was going really big on Oxford last season. I thought mm, I think you get a bit carried away there. And that was it was just a couple of weeks before we beat them down there. Then, but nevertheless, Phil, they are a fancy team, Oxford, and we we rose to the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think to be fair, I've I've always felt they've caused some problems when they've played them in League One, um, but they were they were unbelievably bad. And again, I shouldn't be read as you know something didn't do well or it wasn't a good win because it was, but it was just absolutely bizarre to to watch them play like that. It was, it was very very strange because obviously they'd, they'd switched to a diamond and they were just playing. It was proper hoofball for the vast majority of the game. To be honest, very very strange. Completely bypassing their midfielders, who I think probably are decent ball players, um, 
and it just suited Sunderland really. That's what Bailey Wright wants. That's exactly how he wants to play. You know, um, competing with the centre forward, and it was. I thought he was very, very good, but it was it was very, very easy for him. You know, if you compare it to the week before when yeah. Brandon Hanlon had caused him a few problems, this was exactly how he wants to play. So, yeah, it was a. I, I mean, generally speaking, I, I do rate Oxford. I I have done the last couple of years, but that was a pretty desperate performance from them yeah. to be fair I, I, I rate them in terms of they're going to be up there or thereabouts sort of playoff areas I've just never had them down as you know I think one of those podcasts tipped them to win the league and they've won tipped them um, to come second interestingly and I did put not the top 20 on before this and is a George is a George Elick yeah he he was raving about Sunderland and he said that if he was asked to revise his predictions now that he would have Sunderland firmly as number one, it's two, it's two games. It's two games. It, it, no, it, it is. People I know, but it's two. interesting because I, I, I guess what this game showed us, Phil, is firstly <clears> we've got a, a solid back three. I think, I think you'd be pushed to find three better centre halves. To be honest, at this level, playing and playing, I'm comfortable with each of those three: um, Willis, Wright, uh, and Flanagan as well. Too, who uh, I know. Maybe split Sunderland fans. We like. Why, we why, quite like. We quite like. So well, we quite like them. Don't to get we? Flanagan out. It's like a weird. Like people have decided the start of the season that he's the enemy or something, or he's the he's the fall guy. Like he's done absolutely nothing wrong in the last. He's had a pretty strong finish to the last season, and he's done nothing wrong in the first two games. You could argue he's probably been almost the most consistent of the three. So it's which strange to me that people are desperate to to get him out. I mean, saw comments about we've got an international on the bench or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, like he's an international. Conor McLaughlin's mm. an international. I think he's not anything? changing up. He's not changing up back three, Phil, is he? Unless unless there's a howler in one of them or one of them gets injured. No, absolutely no way. Uh, I I agree. I like Tom Flanagan, especially since that game last year where he. Uh, Thumped one out of play because no one made a run from at the stadium. Like, do you remember that? That was yeah. that was the highlight of a dreadful season. Um, so yeah, he's uh, that will go down in folklore. That'll be like, can you remember when this happened? Well, he, yeah. he, he could have done that or done one, gone on one of his little dribbles like Missy runs. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There wasn't enough of that on Saturday. That yeah. was my only complaint. I want I want more <laughs> of Flanagan in the final third. But um, no, I think. Look, I mean. I, I think probably what we've touched upon in terms of when we were talking about Will Grigg and the other strikers there was that I don't think really if people are looking at the Sunderland side and wondering what could stop them going up, I don't think it's going to be defensive or De- structural issues. Not. I mean, we have we have seen that they can they can be stretched pretty easily by by pace. Um, I suppose that is a bit of a flaw, but generally speaking, you think they're going to be one of the best defensive sides in the league this year, and I don't think many teams. Will give up fewer chances than Sunderland. I think you're pretty confident that. Um, and Saturday, you know, did reinforce that. I think that um, defensive unit is very, very strong. I suppose the only thing, as well, you would say, is that we probably need a larger sample size to see whether John McLaughlin's departure is going to have a is going to have an impact. Um, that's, I suppose, is the is the one question mark, if you like. I think. Well, I mean, three competitive games this season, two clean sheets. And let's be honest. The, 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 I know we've slagged Burge off for the goal against Bristol Rovers. Well, we, we, we haven't conceded a goal from open play, have we? So. Yeah, well, yeah, and it was... Uh, whatever you think of Burge, and I know, you know some people aren't, aren't keen, some more than others, 
and he made three mistakes in, in two seconds, which is quite impressive to give the penalty away. But generally speaking, that's not going to happen. I, I don't think that's not going to be a regular thing. So, that, and and what happened in the Bristol Rovers game, as as we discussed last week, is when a keeper makes a mistake like that early in the game, the panic just spreads through the team a little bit. And when someone got settled, actually, they should have won that game comfortably. So. We've got to assume that's not going to be a regular thing. So they're keeping clean sheets. That's the first thing, um, as Phil said. And then the other the other thing to notice is Will Grigg didn't even get on the pitch. The attack and reinforcements now, as um, confirmed by Gucci's goal, is you can see why people would look at Sunderland now and think they're going to be they're going to be tough to stop, right? Yeah, I think that um, Saturday's performance kind of summed up that we do when we've got our best team out have quality which a lot of teams in this league don't possess. So bringing Lyndon Gooch off the bench, and he's shown quality throughout last season. He was arguably a lot better than he was the season before last, and he scored that goal at the weekend, which was really well taken, and he really likes to get the ball and run at defenders and make things happen. So I think he's got that bit of X factor that a lot of teams in this league don't have. And I think it just goes to show that if we play football in the right way and play to the team's strengths, which are very, we've got some good technical ball players in the team, we've got some good options going forward. So if we utilise them properly and play like we did in the second half, then we'll cause a lot of teams problems and there's no reason why we can't go up. But my slight concern would be, why did it take the to do that in the second half? Because I think in the first half we were very direct unnecessarily. And I think it's a little bit of the... Uh, the Charlie White syndrome with Danny Graham in that we've got a more physical presence up front so naturally we're going long when it's not really necessarily the right thing to do so I just think we need to just like kind of play up our strengths more because as we saw last season when we play football we can murder teams in this league I'd love it. yeah I'd love to know if that's Parkinson's instructions or not because he's got this <clears> reputation as being like a long ball manager and what you just said there it kind of like sums up you know, this one game sums up his time in charge because when he first came, the football was awful. We weren't getting results. Then at Doncaster away, there seemed to be a switch flicked and they started to play football. And and that seemed to happen in, in, in the first half. and second half, that change seemed to happen again Do, at the weekend. I think the two up front things, an interesting one. Um, I didn't really think he needed to rip it up and start again. Like, I think this. I think the shape of the team. I know people like because people, people often focus on the back three. It's like oh, we're playing three at the back. It does feel as though we have ripped it up a little bit with playing the the two with the one. Well, behind you assumed it was to get Will Grigg in the team, didn't you? Uh, that that's what he would have thought, but he didn't play the weekend. I don't think we don't look as. I know we had some decent efforts against um, Bristol Rovers, and we did put pressure on, but. Do, the problem we're having with with this the system now is when the fullbacks are getting the ball, when they're getting the ball in the final third and the start of the final third, so when they're coming into that sort of forty yards from goal, ordinarily Hume you'd have Gooch going down the side of him or offer him an angle inside, and then he could move it in, he could pull the defender away. Whereas at the moment it feels as though he's having to either try and dribble past the man to get across in or cross it from deep. Um, we're not working the ball at the byline. <clears throat> Maguire is a lot quieter playing in that one behind. I don't really understand, and it's something we also we've never mentioned before. And it is kind of odd. It's kind of like isn't in plain sight. Is like why? Why has Lyndon Gooch been binned? Like him? I think it's just, it's because of the change. But it's just odd. It's just odd. I mean, but the, the, why? Why would you? Why two, would you change your system? Well, the remove, two things to, remove, to, 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 to get Will, him. I know, but but he's well, not to get playing, Will Grigg in the team, so. but, but also to get yeah, no, so I know not that's that, what I'm it? saying. So be, 
before this before this game, you would have assumed it was that. But also, like you just mentioned, Maguire there. It's obviously maybe to get him on the ball more and play midfield. What was your your thoughts on on Maguire's performance from when, actually at the ground and watching it live, Phil? Because again, he got a lot of praise on on not the top twenty pod for his performance, but through the telly, maybe that didn't come across. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's been quite quiet the last couple of weeks for me. Um, maybe I just know nothing about football, which is definitely <laughs> a possibility. But um, I think he, he's, the one thing I would say about Maguire is I think like I think the penny's kind of dropped in that his, his graft's pretty consistent now. I'm not always sure that was the case in the first sort of year or 18 months. His defensive position's very good. He tracks back. He does all the work. Um, and obviously you know that over the course of the season he's going to chip in with goals. I mean, I know I'm going back a little bit, but... You know that finish against Bristol Rovers. I don't think there's anyone else in the league you want that chance to drop to. You know he's so good from that distance. Um, but it, it is interesting in terms of the system because it, I don't think he's been as influential as he was towards the end of last year. And when I've asked Parkinson about the change in system, the the idea seems to be that what the he felt they were lacking last season in attack was basically not getting enough players past the opposition defenders, not turning the opposition defence enough and not quite getting enough bodies in the box. So the idea isn't just to get O'Brien in, who I think he feels is more natural in terms of stretching the defence than Lyndon Gooch, who likes to play a little bit deeper, but it's also to get Max Power higher because he wants Max Power making runs into the box and what have you. Um, so that that's, seems to be, that's how he's explained it in terms of the logic, but I, I, I kind of agree. I, I think you have to get Lyndon Gooch in the side and that's not just a sort of because you know, we all know players become better when they're not in the team, right? But with Linden, I, I, I do think it's he, he's got something that's, that, that's under need in that team and he can be a frustrating player. He can take on shots when it's not the best option and he can hold on to the ball for a bit too long. But I just think generally um, you know, it's it, it's brave not to have that attacking quality at, that, at, at this level in the team. He scored, he I scored. think we have looked more dangerous. So I, gen, like, I, I agree with Linden Goose trying to find a way to get him in the team, but I don't... Well, O'Brien, I think we, 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 we look we look more dear. We we create more chance. We're more chance than we did last season. I think. I mean, O'Brien just keeps getting in really good positions where you think, oh, yeah, he's got in a you know a really good position there, and he just at the moment he's just turned everything just wide. Um, yeah. So I guess that's the, um, you know, hopefully it's not one of those where it becomes like, oh God, when's he going to finally score? Yeah. Um, because yeah, like you say, he should have had a he should he should have killed that game. Um, you know, after he had two good chances and. You know that's not to kind of hammer him because, like I say, he keeps getting in good positions where you think, yeah, it's, you know, and he made a run in the first half actually where Ledbetter found him over the top of the defence, which is exactly what I'm talking about, where he pulled into space on the left, and I thought, yeah, that's really, really good play. But you know, he, if he's going to play as a centre forward, he needs to convert those chances, doesn't he, somewhere along the line? I guess. I think what's um, encouraging about O'Brien, I agree with what Phil says, he's getting into some great areas, but obviously his finishing hasn't been up the standard but what encourages me about him is when you look at his goal reel for Millwall when he signed they're the kind of positions that he thrives off and he gets into the right areas and he's proven in the past that he can score a good amount of goals at this level so just hopefully um, one of them will go in for him like early on the season if he keeps on getting in those positions I'm sure we will get a goal sooner rather than later but just to kind of build on what Stephen was saying slightly I don't know about necessarily creating more chances but I think we've asserted more control on the game than we did last season because I know that sounds silly when at points last season we were three or four goals up like at half time in certain games but I think them games were like very frantic and we kind of had a half an hour spell where we were absolutely fantastic but then obviously you can't sustain that for 90 minutes but I think what we saw on Saturday was a sustained half of football where we were just completely 
dominated that game, we controlled the ball, we had a lot of possession and we did it in the right areas as well. So I think that's like really good going forward because you'll win a lot more games away from home if you can assert that kind of control. And I think maybe he's not having like fans in the ground for the time being might be good for that. You're not so when you're going away from home when you have time on the ball you haven't got like a kind of intimidating atmosphere at some of these grounds so as I say I think it's really pleasing the way we controlled that game in the second half and quietly we did create a lot of chances and if we'd won that game perhaps 4-0 you couldn't have really had any complaints I was quite I was quite relaxed even at half time you know I know Phil saying there that he was having a bit of an um, existential crisis and, <laughs> and wondering what was happening but uh, I, I saw. I thought it was a bit of a real reaction on social media at halftime. I was quite relaxed after the Bristol Rovers game as well. I just, in the context of Oxford being one of the fancy teams, I thought we yeah we need to be better, and we did get better. But it was half. It was you know one half of football against one of the fancy teams, and I don't know. I, I feel quietly confident. It's the most confident I've ever felt in a while. Both well, see, look, I know Peterborough got the two goals in injury time. I think it scored in the ninety first and ninety sixth minute, didn't they? Yeah, um, like but yeah. it's interesting, you know, you know not sort of attempt, attempt fate or anything like that. But and obviously they lost the first game, didn't they, Peterborough? Mm-hmm. So Portsmouth have drawn two. You know, you you look at that and go. Usually, there's a kind of joke about it. After ten games, Peterborough are top and have like beaten everyone ten nil. Like and then and then they don't do anything for five months and then like they re, they kind of re-emerge at the end of the season and miss out on the playoffs. That's generally the pattern for them. Um, so it's interesting that they maybe haven't come out the blocks, um, you know, smashing teams. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be on on other lads. will preview it on Thursday, but it's quite good to get some of the the more fancy teams. In now and get those games if we out win, of the way. If we win those games, it's oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good yardstick for for you know where yeah. people are now, and you know you'd want to get them and get them get those games out of the way, get the points on the board, um, and you know go from there and lay the market down, and those teams thinking, well, you know we're the fancy teams in the league, and some of them have beaten beaten both of us, and you know. You want psychologically, it would be, you know, good advantage to have, and obviously building our confidence, thinking you know we we can beat the better teams in the league, um, you know, get get into those top two positions. Like, I mean, I know we've 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 been top once I think since we've been down, and that was after we beat Charlton in the first game of the season. So, so I don't think that counts. Um, but you know, we since then I think we've been in the top top two. So, you know, after seven, eight games, if we're in that top two, you know, that, that is a very... I think that's a quite a significant sign. Sounds good in theory. I like it. But, the, 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 but it why not? I mean, if it, no, no, no. I, 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 I agree. If, if, we, if, we, if we come through this run of games where we're playing difficult teams <coughs> on paper and we're in a good position, not only does that send a message out, but confidence is going I mean, to be through the roof. I know you... Can't go the other way, though, as well, can't Yeah, it? I know. I mean, I know you were going <coughs> to come to Phil there. I'm sorry to interrupt, but... I know you like obviously Phil was saying about and I said at the start of the season well logically Oxford would probably be favourites because they finished last season strongly and missed out on the playoffs um, but like are the teams we've mentioned this before Stephen are these 
are these teams that good? Like it's yeah, every it's tell, you, watch, tell you what, watch Quest right on a Saturday night, and every every, every week it's a the, one of the the midfielder who's created a goal that week and with a nice pass is the classiest midfielder in the league. There's about fifty. Every, <laughs> there's, by the end of the season, there's fifty classiest midfielders in the league because it's a different one every week. So who's the classiest midfielder in the league then? You know, like I know I'm slightly exaggerating, but it's true. Watch it, and it's always like, oh, these are the best two passes of ball in the league. This this player's the best at this in the league. This player's the best at that in the league, and they're like they are like just men. It's like it's League One. It's like <laughs> we're not playing against David Silver every week and people like that. It's League One. Like people need to just maybe calm down and go. Well, the task isn't maybe as insurmountable as people think. If you get a good run of games together. We're not playing unbelievable teams, and I bet you a lot of teams out there would want the level of player and the quality of player we've got in our side comparatively. I think we're lacking attributes in the squad rather than quality at this level. So we're lacking, say, pace, <coughs> maybe a bit of strength in areas. But generally, in terms of footballers, I mean, they are, you know. The, the, it's, the, there's not much disparity between the better teams in the league I think is the point I'm trying to make and Marcus Madison hasn't signed for anybody yet so when he signs for somebody <laughs> he's going to be the classiest passer of the ball in the league when he signs for somebody so let's all look out for that in the next few weeks when he goes to Blackpool something like that <laughs> and they're favourites then for promotion when they sign him <laughs> Ethan Robson and uh, Marcus Fuck <laughs> dear me. It's a Sunderland yeah. fans wet dream, isn't it? Dear me. <laughs> Phil, you look like you were going to say something there. No, I was just going to say the classiest player in the league is, is Tom Flanagan. I think that's <laughs> yeah. firmly established now, right? That's something we can all get behind. Great. Definitely. I'll Definitely. tweet, I'll tweet Quest later. Still, somebody else get as carried away as I'm getting? <laughs> because, because even... even after the whole game, we drew. You know, we went out in penalties and we drew nil nil. Hull have started quite well, and they have got a decent team, certainly on paper. And I thought, you know, Will Grigg got two goals on another day would have both been would have both counted. And I went away after that game feeling quite optimistic. I think the the goalkeeping error disrupted everything in the Bristol Rovers game. Their time wasting disrupted everything. And when you when you calm down from these moments, in hindsight, you look back and say that can happen. You know, the Brist- we won't be the fir- we won't be the you know we weren't the first. We won't be the last team to be shit housed to a one-one draw in a game of football, and then we've gone to a team that will fancy them one-two nil. And um, I know we're not supposed to be positive as Sunderland fans at the moment because of the ownership situation, and and sometimes it's hard to separate those two things. Um, but come on, someone else share my optimism and my enthusiasm here. I feel like I'm trying to drain it out of your all. I think another positive is after the Peterborough game, we've got Charlton away after that. And they seem. We've got Charlton coming up, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they're in a bit more. Cra- Obviously, I knew they were in like, a lot of turmoil off the pitch, but I didn't realise how much that was translating onto the yeah. pitch. And, and when you think they had a very poor run at the back end of last season when they got relegated. And I was listening to one of the podcasts, the one that's not the, not the top 20, if that makes sense. I can't remember the name of it. D3, D4. Yeah, that was the one. That's the, that's the premium yeah. podcast, and, Mickey. That, that, of, of, of the two, in my yeah. opinion. That's my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. it, it's the first time I've listened to either of them like, today. And um, when I was listening to that podcast, they kind of described Charlton as perhaps being the South End of League One this season. 
like not to the same extreme, but they were kind of making the point that they don't think we'll be up there challenging. So hopefully if we get a good result against Peterborough, then you're going into the Charlton game with a lot of confidence and it'll be nice given like our kind of history with them to get a result, you know what I mean? So hopefully in a couple of weeks we're sat here with like with them um, I can't do basic key series two maths say with ten points on the board. And then we can look, and that becomes a very good start. And then suddenly, you, as you say, you could be in the top two when you're looking up the league and you've really started with good momentum. I think at Charlton have got a child playing in defence at the moment, I think. I think they've got a 17 year old lad playing yeah, at Yeah, he's scored no goal, didn't he? He scored no goal the weekend. I think they're in a transfer embargo as well, so it is probably going to be. You know, well, we did draw them. twice with Bolton last year, so maybe uh, let's not use that as yeah, a, yes, well. as a, as a measure for anything. Yeah, arguably one of the worst games ever to take place at Stadium. I wanna, I, I'll be honest. Bolton. I want to go. I want to. I want to go back and hear about Phil's state of mind at half time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have let him let him just run with that at the start instead of backtracking and like taking a one, taking a back a couple of steps. Yeah, I mean, no, it's just <laughs> one of those things, isn't it? Like, because obviously, you know, I'm. Unbelievably fortunate that I get to go and actually watch the games. Like so lucky, um, but at the same time, it is strange. It is very, very strange, and especially at the weekend, kind of like not to get too serious, but with the way things are going and stuff, you kind of sat there at half time, and the football is just—it was atrocious from both sides. There's nobody there, you know. You do. I do. I was just kind of thinking about like, you know. <laughs> Why? But then you know, within within a minute, Luke One Nine stuck one in at the back post, and you know, Aidan O'Brien has a couple of chances. You think, all right, here we go. Life's um, good again. Yeah, yeah. So well, no, he, it's just it's very it's very strange. If, if he'd been playing down at Shrewsbury this week or a place like that, there would have been a thousand fans in. So you know, you would have been. You probably would have felt a bit differently about the situation. Um, you know, hearing people in the ground again and. You know, even though it's a, a small amount, even on the on the telly, it makes a difference. You um, could tell, couldn't you? You yeah. actually really could tell watching the highlights from the games that even just a thousand, yeah. you could tell the atmosphere was completely different. I enjoyed the um, the booing when like the opposition like scored it and stuff like that. It was like quite pantomime. It was quite good. Yeah, it was like a like an early next gen football computer game or something like that. <laughs> it's like lots of booing and hissing from the uh, the fake crowd. Um, but it was quite... I was I was disappointed that like none of the away players went and like celebrated in front of the like social yeah. distance crowd and like gave it the big one. I think that would have been that would have been good fun. So, I know you're a cricket fan Phil and it's slightly off topic but with all the money that the Premier League have put into adorning the stadiums with banners and things like that. I don't know if you've seen any of the IPL stuff earlier, but yeah. they've been pumping in crowd noise, and it sounds amazing. It sounds like there's a crowd there. Um, like, the noise on the telly is pumped into the stadium, basically. Now, I know some people might say, well, you can't... You know, you you can't do that because it's... You know, they'll get rid of fans forever or something like that, which is, like, ridiculous because that won't happen. Um, Who would say that? Well, you know you, you know you, you know what I mean? It's like people kind of use it as, like, oh, it's a gradual phase and now the importance of football fans if they could just, like, pump noise into the ground. I just wonder how, what kind of react... What, you know, what that would be like as a player, like, having that sort of ambient noise. Sound effects don't bring in money. No, no, but <laughs> yeah, that, wasn't the debate, that wasn't the point I was making. It was more that I'm surprised that some clubs at a top level haven't decided to uh, maybe, you know, put, like, some decent, you know, 
PA speakers in the stadium, not the not the ones for the announcer, but like prop like a proper yeah. rig and and pump some some crowd noise in. What when the fans are quiet? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's going to be the that's going to be the owner's next threat, isn't it? We'll just we'll just put fan noise in. None of you can come in. Maybe that'll be the next <laughs> yeah. uh, the next threat. But which, which club would do that? Which club would put fake fan noise in to try and make the support sound better? Reading. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. My money would be on. Definitely Reading. That would definitely be Reading. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you haven't watched the Reading um, video they released at the start of the season, you need to go and find that. You need to Google that and mm. find that and watch it. They brought out a music video, didn't they? Was it a release a kit or something like that? It wasn't that. Yeah, I don't know what great. it was for, but it was just. Yeah, I can't. No, none of us can do it justice. Just go and dig it out. But yeah, you should if you if you should check out that if you like flick you know the IPL on on for like two minutes, like if you get the chance and listen, and it sounds amazing. Like I didn't realise until yesterday that it was sound that was being pumped into the ground I just thought it was like over the top like just uh, over the top of the you know like the over the top like they have been doing in the in the football etc but it does sound pretty impressive and it does make you think you know all that investment in the sheets across the seats and elaborate sort of banners and that you think with the money they've got why why didn't anyone think oh let's let's have a bash at this and see what we can do but anyway I know that's sort of a slight off-topic thing. It's not something we have to worry about. It's something that'll be happening in League One. We can't even put our flags on the seats or whatever by the look of it. Oh, no. Shall we have a quick break and then come back and do the last five minutes and we'll look at people's tweets, if there are any? Look at checked. people's tweets. <laughs> but I did, I did, oh, yeah, no, well, I did you ask You mean people, if you ask questions, people, are you just going like, to go down yeah. people's timelines? <laughs> like, I, I, ask, I, ask I ask people to ask questions and make comments and the last couple of weeks yeah. we've, we've forgot to do it. So Let's have a look at, you know, let's as, have a look at uh, Chris Waddle's likes and see, see what he's <laughs> been up to. Let's do, do that. What's Matt Letizia <laughs> been saying about the daily briefing? Let's have a look at some tweets. Let's, let's have a quick break and then we'll come back and just do another five minutes or so. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say Podcast. 
Well, some people were lucky to get into the football grounds uh, this the weekend. Just gone a thousand in in some grounds, like we've said. And what those people should have been doing is decking themselves out in appropriate match attire, uh, of which it is my opinion that from the terraces is a good option for that. Do you agree, Michael Love? The best option, the only option. <laughs> Tell me about talk. Talk to me about the um, items of clothing you own from from the terraces. Yeah, I've got them. Um, well, as Gareth said the other week, I haven't quite got a wardrobe. But I've got a few bits and pieces. Uh, I'm a big fan of the sweatshirts. You know, we're kind of transitioning from summer to more autumnal weather, so it's always good to have yes. a have a sweatshirt. Yes, it is. So you've got like the option. You're keeping yourself warm, but you're not going to be roasting when weather. Then I like it exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely ideal. And then if you if you're off to the pub to watch the game, if if we're still allowed to at the weekend, then polos are always great for that. So yep, we've just got the range, and we've now got the city series coming out. So whether you were su- obviously only Sunderland fans listen to this probably, so get yourself kitted out in the Sunderland City Series and rep both the city and the club. Or Glasgow, if you support Celtic or Rangers as your second team, which isn't a thing as much anymore. It's Good. not like the days in the eighties when people would go to the to the match with a half Sunderland, half Celtic, or half well, Sunderland, half weird, Rangers that. hats or, yeah. or scarves. But it was very, very common. I know, in the there were loads of them. They were, all, loads they were of them. all over the place. Yeah, no. Yeah, the hats, the hats in particular. Could you be asked? I mean, it's not enough properly supporting one club than like having to like support another one. I mean, it's a right faff on, especially if you chose Rangers. I mean, Jesus, end up in the fourth division of <laughs> fourth division of Scottish football while watching Sunderland nearly get relegated every season. Don't bother, just pick one. Just pick one. Yeah, I used to, I've been to a few Rangers matches a long time. Well, ago, you would go to Rangers. I was made match, to yeah. feel. I was made feel to feel very welcome, and I was there <laughs> with the one in the league one. They won the league one one year when they had outscored Celtic, and I think they won it by one goal or something, and they scored in the last minute. I think it was about two thousand three, <laughs> something like that. It's never normally it's never normally so close between those two, is it? It's usually, it's usually there's loads of other teams in the mix. I think it was called Helicopter Saturday or Sunday. That gave saving. Well, no, no, no. That was a year when <clears throat> Celtic were winning one nil, and then um, Scott McDonald scored two goals in injury time. So that's what cost Celtic the title. Where this was Rangers scoring in the last. Right, minute. okay. I'm no sure. Yeah, not uh, yeah. I'm, uh, there were different years. I think somebody might want to say that I'm wrong about I would that. Just say How we've tangent off it. Anyway, here. from the terraces. Go on. <laughs> yeah, from the terraces. I feel the like, I feel like uh, Chris Sutton's going to come in any moment with a terrible <laughs> opinion. So let's move on. Very quickly. From the terraces, the discount code for from the terraces, Gareth is uh, WMS10. There's a podcast as well, if you want to listen to that, where um, the lads don't take themselves seriously at all. Um, and it's a very, very light-hearted uh, view of football, but it's very funny as well. Definitely worth it. feels like they've toned it down a bit recently, which I don't know is a good or bad thing, but you know, it feels a little bit more like they're trying to it's be just a bit probably more just, serious. It's just plateaued out at its natural level. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Right, come on, let's just do another five minutes. Did you, get, did you manage to I get did, the tweet I, up, We've covered most of the stuff off, um, but the main things, and since we've got Phil here, I guess, is um, Eddie... Um, at Houghton1956 asked, do you believe the takeover is really happening? We're going to have to talk about the takeover thing. Um, and I'll meet, I'll, I'm going to not single people out like he has, but are people in the media maybe being um, used as conduit for information by the club? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, 
No, look, it's a funny one talking about the takeover because. Um, if, not, if a start yeah, of an answer takes this long, it's never a good sign. <laughs> well, no, I, no, I've got to be careful, though, right? Because I don't want to. Um, the one thing I don't want to do is, is give get off an banned. impression of an inside information <laughs> that I don't yeah. have. Do you know what I mean? That would be um, impressive to get banned at the moment. Yeah. I mean, nobody else can go, and neither can you. Get out. <laughs> no, I mean the, the one. The one thing I would say, because I think we all know what's been referring to there, is um, no, I. I wouldn't have done anything different to Barnsley, I don't think, in his situation. Um, you know, I, Barnsley's a, a journalist of, of, of real integrity. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's, that's what I think. The takeover's been, look, the takeover's been a really strange one. Last summer, when we knew Mark Campbell was going to take over the club, you know, you were speaking to people and the, the whole place, it was just a total state of paralysis. No one could do everything. Everything was waiting for this to go through. Um, and it's just not been like like this summer. It's just been very, very strange. The mood about the place has just been completely different. People have, to an extent, just been kind of cracking on, um, you know, and like everybody else, it seems strange to me that we had this huge asking price set, and at that stage, no one was in the data room. Um, the pandemic's only worsened since then, and all of a sudden, the takeover's going to happen. So that's felt strange to me as well, but that's that's me speaking kind of, you know, from from instinct rather than inside information. Um, and the other thing I would say is that, you know, the club is very, very different to where it was 12 months ago as well in terms of, you know, a lot of key sort of, of Stuart Donald's allies or appointments, if you like, have left the club now. It's now run very, very differently with not a huge amount of influence from Stuart. So is it feasible that, that, that Stuart is off concluding a takeover deal somewhere else and nobody at Sunderland knows a huge amount about it? Yes, it is. So, um I'm sorry that's a convoluted response, but you know I don't want to. Um, like I say, I don't want to give it off the impression that I have inside yeah, information no that I don't have. Bill, um, yeah. if, you're, if you're not, if you're not informed, about it, you're not informed. About uh, it. I guess so. people were just interested in your opinion. I guess. Yeah, and that, that is my opinion. Like everybody else, I found the whole thing very strange. Um, yeah, very, very, very strange. And like everybody else, I'm very interested to see what comes next. I think people would be Any talking else? about the hell a lot more if uh, we'd lost the first two games of the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and th- but that that just feeds into the to the idea. There's nothing happening, doesn't it? Because they, this is what they want to just go on a good run, and then everybody almost. And I said it earlier on, didn't I? I almost said like I'm kind of I'm getting not excited, but I'm get, starting to get really confident about the team on the pitch. I think we look really good, and I was almost conflicted, thinking we're not supposed to feel like that at the minute because we, you know, we really really do need a change of ownership, and we do. Uh, but I get, I guess that's what some people would say. Well, the hope was, wouldn't wouldn't well, it? if you look at. Well, the way things are at the moment, generally, <laughs> you know, people believe anything. I mean, microphone's gone. People believe anything. It was a ghost. <laughs> uh, let's just put out there as a conspiracy theory. You know, you know wearing a mask is like you know, you, it's, it's apparently the end of the world to some people. And then you've got like all sorts of other stuff as well. People like find anything they possibly can to like get into on social media and stuff like that, won't they? So, you know, the, whatever side of the fence you sit on with a takeover thing, it'll always be either you, you're complicit in some capacity. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of glad in a way that we're not talking about it because it's just yeah, quite no, it's quite am, it's quite energy sa- it's quite energy sapping, isn't it? Really, to like especially after say the yeah. last last six months this yeah. week, we haven't played a game of football. You know, you want to, you want to just like 
put the football on on a Saturday afternoon and like watch a game yeah. and like and enjoy definitely. it. Like that's and no doubt, no doubt, we'll all start fuming again when we like. Oh yeah, definitely lose two 0 at home at Peterborough, whatever. When, when Peterborough finally win, enjoy, when, when Peterborough finally win that game, te- the ten nil, and that that they will win. I just, by. I just, I hate it when people suggest to fans like overly, ne- like overly negative and stuff because I just don't believe that's the case. I think social media makes it look like that, and it's not accurate. And let's just enjoy the fact that I think that you know we're looking defensively strong. We have all these attacking options now. We've just beaten one of the the fancy teams comfortably. Really, didn't even you know get out of second gear really. And like Gareth said, Peterborough provides us with a real opportunity now to make a statement because Oxford and Peterborough were the two teams that were fancied by everybody. With Portsmouth being the third one, and they, I don't think it's that long before we play them either, is it? Twenty twenty fourth of October. Let's be positive and let's go out on a positive and we'll be back on Thursday um, to preview that game at the weekend. Quickly, anybody else, anything to add? Because I want to get off, have me tea and watch the football. That, nothing for me. Great, great. <laughs> Silence is what I was hoping for there, for a change. That's what people were saying when, 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 when the pod started. Is that what the listeners think? <laughs> Silence is what we were hoping for. Yes, definitely. Right. Thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 